Thank you for joining us for this week's Market Intelligence Report. This week, we're going to focus on the veg oil section of the report, and we have Tori Alden here. So Tori is going to take you through the uh, section and also answer your questions. With that, Tori, want to take it from here? Yep. Thanks, George. So this week in preparation for the USDA and MPOB reports, I thought we could go through uh, what's been going on in the markets and then our expectations uh, for the reports. These USDA reports will feature the second cut at um, the 2021 balance sheets. And as such, generally USDA hasn't made a bunch of significant changes to, to 2021. And we are not, uh, in most cases, we're not super far off from where USDA is already. And so we don't necessarily expect that they will um, make any big changes, but they may make some changes to uh, 1920 and, and we'll talk about what's going on anyway. Uh, veg oil prices have, have generally continued to rally along with uh, crude oil. Um, there's a, a bit of the influence of, of crude oil going on and then also a bit of just general optimism about economic activity with the reopening of the country uh, following the efforts that were uh, put in place to slow the spread of coronavirus and that has supported uh, soybean oil prices and palm oil prices. For soybean oil, uh, last month, USDA cut its forecast for biodiesel production by 200 million pounds to 7.5 billion. Again, that's generally close to where we are. We're at 7.56. The interesting thing will be whether USDA reverses part of that cut this month. So since the report, we've gotten data from the EMTS and from the EIA that showed that biodiesel production didn't slow that much and, um, and that soybean oil usage remained pretty robust. And so USDA may turn around and, and raise their forecast for 1920 soybean oil usage in, in biodiesel production. What we think is that probably there's a chance that the slowdown in biodiesel production will come, that it may be just a little bit slower than some other parts of the biofuels industry, like renewable diesel, because of the composition of, of the producers. There's a lot of producers, and so it, it can take it a little while to slow down. Um, and so if, if USDA raises or, or reverses too much of that cut, that might be uh, a little bit optimistic. Um, again, we're, we're about 60 million pounds above them. So we think maybe a little bit of, a, of an increase makes sense, but we don't know that uh, we would suggest that they, they cut the, the decrease, the 200 million pound decrease by, uh, you know, half or, or more than half. Outside of that, um, the only other area that, that may change, I think, is, is potentially exports. And I, I don't know that I think that there's a real uh, significant chance that they do that. Export sales and export shipments have been really strong this year and much stronger than either the USDA or the Jacobson 
expected at the beginning of the year. Part of that has been driven by the relatively narrow spread between soybean oil and palm oil. And so um, you've had U.S. soybean oil exports going to places that you don't typically see U.S. soybean oil exports going to. Um, but that has, has slowed a, a little bit. I mean, we've, we've still gotten a couple of, of pretty big weeks over the last month. But um, the spread widened out and that slowed down a little bit. The spread has come back in. And so maybe if we get some more uh, weekly reports that feature big sales, USDA would do it. But I don't know that there has been enough uh, of that kind of thing since the last time uh, USDA put out a report to make them change their 1920 forecast from 2.55 billion pounds, which is where we are to. For 1920, like I said, or for 2021, like I said, I, I don't really think that there will be any significant changes. Um, we are generally in line with, with USDA's outlook. The only places where we really differ are we're a little bit lower than they are on, on exports and we are um, a little bit higher on imports. And we think that's, that's generally because um, we think as biodiesel uh, demand returns or is, is demand from the biofuels industry more broadly returns, uh, we think that that will raise basis and, and make US exports a little bit less competitive. Also, even though uh, Argentina has raised their export tax on soybeans and soybeans products. That takes us back to where we were in, say, 2014, 2015, before the, the previous administration was in. And um, while the increase in the tax rate makes Argentina exports a little bit less competitive uh, domestically, producers prefer to export products rather than uh, seed because the tax rate on products is lower. And so Argentina may be a little bit more competitive um, than they have been, or, or I guess at least domestically may favor exports of, of soybean oil over, um, over, other, over seed anyway. Um, moving on to canola, for the U.S. canola balance, canola oil balance sheet, um, again, we are, we're not vastly different than, than where USDA is. Uh, our main differences really are, we're a little bit higher on U.S. Uh, canola oil imports. We're about 70 million pounds higher uh, than USDA. Um, but we offset that, uh, that increase in supply with um, larger usage in biodiesel production. And the EIA data showed that as ethanol production slowed and the availability of, of corn oil was reduced, that producers switched back to canola oil. We think that trend probably continues for as long as, as ethanol production remains uh, muted by the impacts of corona 
the coronavirus on demand. Um, and so that's probably at, at least another several months, maybe a little bit longer than that. Um, and we think that that probably boosts the demand for uh, canola oil from the biodiesel industry. So maybe if there's a change that USDA makes, I think that's probably the most likely spot where, where they would make a change. For 2021, um, we have larger supplies, again, due to uh, a, a little bit bigger production this time. We're about 100 million pounds bigger than USDA on production. Um, but we offset that again with, with stronger uh, biodiesel usage, and that actually takes our stocks down below USDA. If they do make the change in, in 1920 on canola oil bio usage and biodiesel production, we would think that maybe they would um, also bump 2021 a, a little bit. Um, it will be the, the 2021 season will be right on the edge of, of when maybe ethanol production returns to its pre-COVID uh, levels. And so to the extent that there is a bump there, it's, it's probably relatively minor. For the Canadian balance sheet, excuse me for looking away while I pull this spreadsheet up. For the Canadian balance sheet, uh, again, our biggest disagreement uh, with USDA is on domestic usage, um, but it's it's not that big. Uh, it's it's really basic. We are really basically in line with Canada. The story in Canada has been, you know, big crushing volumes and, and ample supplies um, have led to strong exports and strong um, domestic demand. And we don't think anything really changes there. Uh, there's nothing that, uh, that I see that looks like a big surprise or, or a big change in, um, in USDA's forecast for Canada. The biggest question there is, is kind of how fast does uh, canola oil continue to recover in price? And I think that along with the other veg oils, you're getting some, some support again from the economic reopening. Um, and I think that that likely continues. There are also some support from uh, demand, especially from India and China. That has a little bit less impact on, on canola oil, although we have seen China import um, canola oil from Canada, uh, especially since they they had slowed their purchases of canola seed as, as a result of political tensions. It looks like they're replacing a bit of that with canola oil. Um, they, they've ramped up their purchases again here recently. Uh, and so if that trend continues, maybe the, the demand for canola oil from China is a little bit weaker. But in general world, demand for vegetable oil imports is strong. We expect it to remain strong and perhaps surprisingly strong. And that's supporting all veg oil prices. And we would expect that that um, probably continues to support canola oil prices as well. All right, so the last one is the Malaysian Palm Oil Board and their report, which will come out uh, Wednesday night in the US. I think this is a really important report from the Malaysian Palm Oil Board. Uh, the market has rallied in anticipation of the MPOB reporting 
either flat, a little bit higher, or slightly lower production month over month from April to May. And that's really key because uh, this is the time of the year when typically you would see uh, output increasing, but the drop in prices down below 2000 in April kind of was a big disincentive for producers not to necessarily do everything that they can to produce. Um, and so that kind of carried over. And um, I think that this is probably the last month that we see that impact. So we've had prices recover back up um, well above 2000. And this report will kind of confirm what has happened in the past. And then the big question will be sort of what's going to happen in the future. Traders and analysts are expecting MPOB to report just over 1.7 million tons of production. We're about 50,000 tons below that at 1.65. And then we think again that uh, for June, you probably see a a return to a more normal rate of of daily production. Uh, But if if the MPOB report is a surprise and they report something that's that's significantly lower or significantly higher, that would also have an impact on on what we sort of think going forward. The big question for palm oil is is not really where stocks will end at the at the end of the marketing year. It's really how stock, how high stocks will go with by the end of the marketing year. We project that stocks will rise to about 3 million tons. Um, there are projections out there that are a little bit higher and a little bit lower. Um, but that level is significantly above where we have been. And we think that that's going to continue to weigh on palm oil prices going forward. We think this rally has been, uh, again, a, a shift in traders' focus from that build in stocks to the potential for the stocks level to come down because production is lower. But with this report out of the way, we think they probably shift their focus back to um, the build in stocks. And that probably again, weighs on, on palm oil. I don't think that that's enough to drag the whole veg oils market down. And, and in fact, um, I think that probably you could get a, a little bit of a setback in palm oil, um, but then rising veg oil prices drag it, um, drag it higher. But again, a lot of that will depend on what the MPOB says and then also on the, the monthly updates that we get throughout the month on uh, production and, and where it is relative to uh, the prior month. The other important number for the MPOB report um, is always the pace of exports. And we are projecting exports at 1.34 million tons. Um, That's right in line with analysts' expectations of 1.32 million. It's about 8% over uh, the April total. And the April total was relatively low. So the the 8% growth isn't really that outstanding. The biggest question about exports, again, will be how strong will they be going forward? India and China are obviously big 
consumers of, of palm oil and in prime destinations for exports. And so if we see sort of an upside surprise, it, not that it necessarily would be super surprising given that a lot of people expect um, this demand out of India and China, but it might be much stronger than, than people expect. Um, if we see that palm oil is probably the likely beneficiary and to the extent that it reduces that 3 million um, ton target at the end of the marketing year, uh, those can be supportive. But it's, it's going to be very hard for exports to grow enough to really drag uh, the stock's expectations down low enough so that palm oil really sustains a rally, I think, especially given how far it's come in the, in the last month or so. So um, I think this report is going to be a, a turning point in palm oil prices. And again, I, I expect that prices probably will get a little bit weaker following the report. Much of that depends, uh, of course, on on exactly what is what is said in the report. But I think that this shift in focus away from uh, we're not producing as much in May as, as we typically should to while we're still building tons and tons of stocks, um, I think traders probably start to weigh that a little bit heavier in their um, in their price estimates and will likely trade accordingly. And with that, I will open it up for questions, George. All right. Sounds good, Tori. Uh, so for the attendees, if you have additional questions, drop them in the Q&A section. Uh, Tori, the first question is, um, what is Hobo Spread saying about veg oil demand for biodiesel producers? Um, so we actually wrote about this in the biodiesel section this week. And um, the Hobo Spread has been something that people have long sort of used as, as kind of a benchmark to try and figure out uh, what was going on in real time for soybean oil demand or veg oil demand from the biodiesel industry. Over the last year, its predictive value has been very minimal. And of course, that was because um, for much of the year, there was a lot of uncertainty about the blender's tax credit, and that really had a big impact on um, production, especially towards the end of the year, uh, just before, the, before Congress restored the, the tax credit in December. So if you look at, at the predictive value over the whole year, it was, it was really minimal. But if you look at the predictive value over the last four months, and of course the last four months is a really small uh, sample size and you can't really draw any significant conclusions from a sample size that's that small, but nonetheless it, it kind of lined up the way that you would expect it to. Um, and, and the R squared was, was really high. Not that that's the end all be all for everything, but the R squared was really high. Um, so it looks like we are back in sort of the normal kind of environment where the hobo spread is going to dictate what is going on with um, soybean oil demand from biodiesel producers. And in that regard, I think that, uh, you know, we've had the huge run up in the hobo spread and it's peaked and it, it started to come back down. Um, crude oil prices have continued to rally. Of course, veg oils have, have also continued to rally, but um, I expect that uh, the crude oil uh, price rally will probably continue and the hobo spread will probably continue to come down. Um, 
if we don't get this sort of export demand, the, the veg oil rally may sort of stall out close to these levels. Um, or if the palm oil uh, board report is particularly bearish, that may also kind of throw a little bit of, of wet water on, on the rally in, in vegetable oil prices. Uh, and the hobo spread would, would come down, which implies more, um, more production and, and more demand. So staying on the topic of spreads, what's the outlook for the spread of soybean oil and palm oil? Uh, that one, I think, like I said, it, it had kind of, um, it, had, it had widened out and then it narrowed as palm oil worked its way back above uh, 2000 and, and shot up here, particularly in, in recent weeks. Um, again, I think that this report is, is probably the turning point in that spread. We kind of thought that um, this, after, after the spread widened that it would narrow a little bit leading up to this report because of the focus on this decline in production. Um, but in the longer term, we think that it probably starts to widen back out. We expect it to widen back out towards five, five and a half cents. Uh, that's part of the reason that we think that uh, the U.S. soybean oil export demand remains relatively muted over the balance of the marketing year. And we don't think that there will be any additional revisions in the export uh, forecast from the USDA this month or, or kind of going forward. That spread really, people are happy to switch between palm oil and soybean oil when the spread is, is really narrow. Um, and, and like I said in the opening comments, kind of that's what's driven a lot of the export demand that we've seen in soybean oil. So as that spread widens, we think it will weigh on, on U.S. soybean oil export demand. All right. Thanks, Tori. Uh, what is the outlook for canola crush margins in Canada? Um, this one, uh, again, if, if we kind of assume that... Um, that vegetable oil prices are going to continue to recover. It, it suggests that, that crush margins will improve and, and the canola crush margin is, is more heavily weighted on the veg oil portion um, than the soybean crush margin because, of, because you get more oil out of, out of a canola seed than you do um, out of a soybean seed. Um, and so that's important, but what I think is really important for not only the canola crush margin, but also probably the, uh, the U.S. soybean crush margin is what's going to go on in, in soybean meal. Um, I think that if the economic recovery continues and as the, um, as the, the hog processors become used to sort of working in this new uh, world where chain speeds are a little bit slower, um, but then they, they start to speed back up, maybe not back to the level that they were at before the coronavirus, um, but certainly above sort of the, the lowest levels that they saw. Um, soybean meal demand is, is gonna come back and canola meal demand is, is gonna come back a little bit. And so I think that's kind of the key variable in this equation. I, th I think you can kind of count on um, 
canola oil and, and soybean oil prices supporting crush spread mar or crush margins, um, but those can both be outweighed if if meal continues to remain really weak. Um, if meal starts to recover, then I think crush margins will um, will start to recover, not to the levels that we saw last year or, or earlier this year, um, but certainly from from current levels. And in Canada, that means uh, more money for crushers. It doesn't necessarily mean more um, crushing volumes. Crushing volumes have been really robust there, and I think they are they are operating at or close to capacity. And so um, I don't necessarily think that a recovery in crush margins would mean sort of a flood of, of canola oil coming to the market. All right, well, I think you've partially answered this question, but um, in April, people were saying crushing was slowing due to lack of storage. Has that continued into May? And do you, you see that continuing into the summer? Um, yeah, so in in April, there were reports of a couple of crushers that actually uh, slowed crush because of be, basically because of non biofuel demand was um, sort of fell off a cliff for a minute, and the food guys didn't come to pick their oil up. Um, that's a really, really unusual thing. So typically, we obviously we crush um, soybeans for meal, and then we try to figure out what to do with um, with the oil. And I don't know that I have ever in my life seen a crushing plant um, that made decisions based on uh, what was going on in oil. There was a time when when the oil share was close to 50%. And so maybe they did some at the margins there, but generally meal drives um, drives the crush. And so this was a really unusual situation. It looks like it was limited to just a couple of crushers. Some of the crushers are, because they're integrated, they're able to turn the, uh, they were able to turn the oil into biodiesel and, and sort of store it as biodiesel. Um, but from what we've gathered from talking to people, it was a, a one or two week phenomenon that um, that stopped and then uh, we're getting back to to sort of normal. Now, soybean oil stocks have, have sort of continued to rise um, because crushing volumes have, have still remained pretty robust. Um, but I don't know that we're going to get back to the spot we were in in April um, where uh, – the food companies just quit coming to to pick oil up, and so I don't I don't see that as a problem uh, going forward. All right, well, Tori, that's all the questions I have for you today. Uh, thanks for taking the time to fill everybody in and answer those questions, and thank you for our attendees for hanging in there and uh, sharing your questions with us. And we look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>